Normal is our broken world, and it's broken because of sin, and we can read about that in Genesis with Adam and Eve. You remember the whole snake and the, the fruit thing, and Eve ate it, and then sin entered the world. That broke our world, and so now normal is different than what God intended. And so normal is now this. Hey, if you're talking, I need you to stop. Looking at this section right here. Shh. Thank you. So, that's weird, that's normal. Now, let me ask you this. What is power? We're going to talk a lot about power tonight. What is power? You can throw your hand up and you can answer this question. What is power? Yes, ma'am. To be popular. That is a form of power. To be popular. Yes. Yes, ma'am. To be a king or queen. That's a pretty powerful position to be a king or queen. Yes, ma'am. To be the president. Yes. Powerful. That is... Part of what it is to be powerful, yes. Blink. To have leadership over everything. Ooh, leadership. <laughs> leadership over everything. And you're saying the Lord has that, has power. I would agree, yes. To be in control is power. What else? Yes, ma'am, with the banks. Physical strength, yes, nice. Yes, sir. To be awesome in every way possible is powerful. Well, here's what power actually is, okay? And I looked it up, okay? This is from Webster's Dictionary. It says this, the ability to act or produce an effect. So when you do something, something happens, right? That's power. It's like, okay, if I walk up on you, punch you in the face, you're going to fall. When I walk up on you, there's going to be two hits. Me hitting you, you hitting the floor. You know what I'm saying? So, that's me causing an effect. And let me just say, if there's one person you don't want to walk up on and hit, it's my man Sean right here. He will just, whoo, he's a big man. Don't mess with him. Um, here's another part of the de- definition of power. It's another way of looking at it. It's possession of control or influence over others. So, a lot of you mentioned this, right? Being a king, a queen, a president. That's having power because you have influence over other people, right? You can kind of tell them what to do. If you're the cheerleading captain, or if you're the captain of the football team, or if you're the whatever, the master of the debate team, whatever you are, you have power over them in some type of way. If you're the principal of the school, the principal has some power over you, right? The principal can expel you. The principal can give you detention. The principal can call your parents and cause all kinds of problems at home, right? Which I know none of you have ever experienced, right? No one's ever had a phone call from the principal. Hey, I have to. I have to. So, last thing. Last definition I saw for power is what we heard right here. It's physical strength. You can also define power as physical strength. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but when I rolled up in here, I had some massive 150-pound dumbbells. Okay, maybe they're not that heavy, but, but I have some dumbbells. Now, these can represent power, right? If a guy can, like, lift these, do a lot of stuff with these, then, or a girl, or a girl, I don't mean just a guy. Girls can do this, too. Or equal opportunity here. Um, If somebody can do stuff with like massive weight, then it seems powerful, right? It kind of gives that 
the example of, okay, I'm doing something, it's causing an effect, it's causing my muscles to make this, this weight to move. Now, I want to see if there's anybody in the room, middle school student, who is powerful. I want to see a middle school student curl one of these dumbbells right now. A middle school student. Alright, I'm going to get two contestants. I'm going to get a girl and I'm going to get a guy. Alright? Um, <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm going to get you up here for my girl. And then get Get, no, behind you, blue shirt, blue shirt, come on up. Okay, come on up here and stand. Okay, I'm going to give you one of these weights, and I'm going to give him one of these weights, and then y'all are going to go one at a time, ladies first. I want to see if you can curl it, okay? Curling is where you just do that with it, okay? You get it? Okay, I'm going to set that in front of you. Okay, you stand right there, and I'm going to put this in front of you. Don't mess with it yet. No, it's totally fair. We're going to talk about why it's fair later. Okay. We're going to let ladies try first, but tell me your name and what school you go to. Taylor McClure. Taylor, and she goes to McClure. Now, girls, I need you to cheer her on a little bit. Get her some, like, get her some encouragement. And as soon as you're ready, I want you to try to curl that really quick. Just pick it up one time. One time. If you can do it one time, I'll be very impressed. One-handed curl. One-handed curl. You can try one more time. We'll give you one more try. Here we go. Cheer on, girls. Cheer on, girls. Where you at? There you go. Oh. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Good try. Good try. All right, let's see if the guys can do any better. Now, here's the thing. When you pick it up, I don't want you cheating. I don't want you going, and then throwing it up like that, okay? you got to stand and then curl it, okay? Okay? Tell me your name of your school first, though. Nathan Moses. Nathan from Moses. Guys, you got to cheer this guy on. He's got to represent the guys. All right, Nathan, when you're ready, pick that... Pick that bad boy up and give it a curl. Oh! Pump him out. Keep going. Come on. Keep going. Oh, oh. All right. You got one good one, though. That was good. That counts. So in honor of you doing that, I'm going to give you a crunch bar. <laughs> there you go. Give both these folks a great big round of applause for showing off their power or lack thereof. Now, if you don't lift weights... Um, in middle school, I couldn't have even probably lifted this off the ground. So it's no big deal that you couldn't do this, by the way. Um, and I'm very impressed that you could, Nathan. So way to go, brother. Now, that was one example of power, physical strength. But we also see lots of others. And this is not just about physical strength, but it can be incorporated into what we're going to talk about. Because tonight is all about power. Now, we've been talking about Ephesians, this book in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. We've been doing one chapter a night. The first week we did chapter what? Oh, man, geniuses. One. And then last week we did what chapter? Two. Guess what's next? Man, you guys have been watching your... You're uh, Sesame Street. You've been hearing the count. I love it. Now, we're in chapter 3 of Ephesians. Okay, shh, shh, shh. Listen up. We're in chapter 3 of Ephesians, and the guy who's writing this, his name is Paul. Now, 
Hey, if you're talking, shh. Right here again. You guys, come on now. I'm going to start throwing stuff. 30-pound weights right here. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. That'd be terrible. Um, so... We're in chapter 3, this guy Paul, who's an apostle, who is a guy who's spreading who Jesus is. He's planting churches. Paul is a big reason that we are actually here right now. We have a church here because God used Paul in a big way to help the church grow. So, Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesians. This these group of people, this group of Christians that are in this town called Ephesus. So therefore, they're called Ephesians, which is why the book is called what? Ephesians. Yes. So this guy, Paul, he's writing this, this letter. And at one point in chapter 3, he gets into this prayer. And so what we're about to read, these, these next five verses, is actually a prayer that he's praying for the people of Ephesus. The Ephesians. And so this is to the Christians there, but it also applies to us here. Now... And so we're going to read through this, we're going to talk through it a little bit, and we're going to kind of point out this whole idea of power and get a little bit more of a definition of what power is from this and how maybe we can get some power. So, with that, let's look at chapter 3, verse 16. That's where we'll start. We're going to go all the way through verse 21. So if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it's on the screen, okay? Here we go. Follow along with me. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Power. With power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have what? Power. Power. Together with all the Lord's holy people. To grasp how wide and how long and how deep, oh, I missed high, how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So this prayer that Paul just prayed has got a lot of stuff in it that we can get tonight. About weird and normal. And specifically about this word power. And how it can apply to us. Now, first we need to understand that God is offering all of us power. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm looking at that definition of power, it, where it has influence over other people, where it has, if I do something, something happens because I did it, because I'm powerful. Um, if I have physical strength because I'm powerful, I want that, right? That's a good thing. Power is a good thing. So I want to be powerful. How many in the, in the house tonight, show of hands, want to say, I'm powerful? I got some power up in here. Okay, hands down. I'm guessing the rest of you want to be weak, so hands up if you want to be weak. Okay, a few weak people in the house. Well, you could, you could pull a fast one on me and be like, well, the Bible says in our weakness he is strong. Which you're right, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. So if we're talking about power, we're talking about something that can be used for good, and it's actually something God is offering to us. 
And power can do a lot of different things. Power can help us when we're going through something really tough. Our parents are getting a divorce. Our best friend and I are in a huge fight. We're disagreeing about something. We're failing every class right now. Which I know none of you would ever do. I got detention. That girl, that boy just does not even know I exist. I mean, it could be a bunch of things. And power can help us get through those things. To know we are powerful can help us get through those things. And so God is offering us power, which is good to know. But we get this power from two different places. And we read that in these these verses we just read. Power, the power from God that he is offering to us, it comes from two different places. This is where it comes from. Number one, the Holy Spirit. God's strength comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, God gives us the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus. And we've talked about that a few times in here. We talked about that last week. We talked about it, I think, the week before that as well. So, accepting Jesus, realizing that you need a Savior, and pursuing Him with your life, means that God fills you up with the Holy Spirit. That's part of what happens in that whole process. So, if you're a Christian in here, you've accepted Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, God will provide His strength through His Spirit. The things that Jesus did while He was here on the earth, He had the Holy Spirit when He was doing those things. So, the power that Jesus had, He was also operating through the power given to Him through the Holy Spirit, through God. Now, Jesus is God. Now, there's a whole lot of mystery stuff that I can't answer every question that's wrapped up into that. How Jesus was man, and he was God, and he had the Holy Spirit, and all that was working together to show us how to live a perfect life. And there's lots of questions we can ask right there, but we're not going to focus on that right now. What we're going to focus on is that God gives us power through the Holy Spirit, the same way he gave Jesus this power through the Holy Spirit. And so for a Christian in here, we have that in us. Second thing is it's from God's love. So it's us understanding God's love. It's us us understanding who Jesus is. And through that, and us getting God's love, we're operating in this power. There's a lot of power in true love. And the truest love is from who? God. And we get both of these things from those verses we just read in Ephesians chapter 3. Now, these power sources are at work, not outside of you. It's not like you can just look over on your shoulder and you see the Holy Spirit right here saying, Yeah, man, you got power. Yo, what's up? Yeah. You're powerful. The Holy Spirit's not like that. You don't see Him on you like that. He's doing things inside. He lives inside of you. God's love that's working on you is not working on the outside. It's working on the inside of you. So this power is coming from within. Anybody in here a, uh, a runner? Anybody in here like to run? You run a lot. You run for school. You run. You're runners. Okay, nice. You can put your hands down. How, how many of you, I'm sure if you're a runner, you, you get this. And even if you're not, you probably experienced it at some point. 
E eu... When you run, you get to that point. Like you've been running, you're feeling all right, you know. You got, the, you got some, some quickness. You're doing, you're doing okay. You're starting to sweat a little bit, but you're okay. You keep going, you keep going. You get about a mile in. And you start to be like, whew, I'm feeling a little tired. It would be nice if I stopped running. And your, your head starts to play tricks on you. You know, you're like, dude, I could totally stop running right now. And it's not like somebody's going to shoot me. I mean, I'm just running because I want to run. Unless you're in gym class, they really might shoot you if you stop running because they're pretty hardcore in gym. But when you're running, typically you don't have to keep running. Who makes you keep running? When it's just you running. You're not doing it for a grade. You're not doing it for anybody else. It's usually you who makes you keep running, right? And then there starts to become this internal battle, right? It's like, okay, I can keep running. I know I can keep going. I can go at least three miles. But then there's that other part of you that's like, you know what? Let's just stop. You know, we can just walk the rest of the way. Then we can go get some Oreos and milk. Yeah, that'd be good. Or a big fatty Gatorade, you know? Or a big Powerade Mountain Blast. You know what I'm talking about. So, you have this like internal struggle, right? I can keep going or I can stop. I can keep going or I can stop. And so this stuff's just going on inside of you. And then you either come up with the will to keep going or you give up and you stop and you walk the rest of the way. And so similar to that... Not exactly like that, but similar to that, God is working inside of us, right? You've got what God is calling you to. You've got this power that God has for you that we can embrace and we can accept. Or we have what we want to do. We, we can have our power, which is not powerful, really. Doesn't do a whole lot. But we have that choice, and inside we can make this choice, okay, I'm going to embrace God's love, and I'm going to embrace what God's got for me, I'm going to embrace this power that's available to me, or I can kind of pursue my own thing and go after what I want to do right now, my own power, my own strength, and see where that takes me. And all this is going on on the inside. Have you ever felt that struggle when you knew there was something in front of you, you had a decision, and it was like, okay, I can make this decision and I can lie? I can lie to my parents and not get in trouble. I can lie to my friend and have them not be mad at me. Or I can tell the truth, and we're going to have a real, like, not fun discussion. I'm either going to get grounded or I'm going to get yelled at. We're going to have a fight. It's not going to be good. So it's like lie or the truth. Or it could be something totally different than that. It could be like, man, I could go to this website or I could not go to this website. Or I could turn it to this channel or I could not turn it to this channel. Or I could cheat on this test or I could not cheat on this test. We all come to those moments, right? And you got this battle going on inside and it's like, what do I do? And you can live in God's power and make one decision or you can live in your own power and make another decision. And it's, God puts it right on you to make that choice. But he's offering you this amazing power to make the right decision and to do the hard thing.
but to do the right thing, the godly thing. So, we see there's incredible power in a life that's lived for Jesus. When you are going throughout your day every day, and you are making those tough choices, and you're choosing the thing that might not be easy, but it's the thing that God wants for you, and you know it's the right thing, and you know this is the good thing, and you choose that. And when you continue to do that, you are going to see power in your life. You're not going to have this like guilt over you. You're not going to be like shackled up with um, depression because you know you've made all these bad choices, all these things. You know you've made the right choices. You've been following God. You've been embracing this power and this truth. And so there's incredible freedom, incredible power in a life lived like that. But if you look at the other side of the fence and somebody who just keeps following their own path, their own strength, keeps trying to do things their own way, things always get messed up. It happens in my life all the time. I make the choice that's not God honoring to God and what is good for me. Something blows up in my face. Something doesn't go right. And it gets all jacked up. And so there's not a lot of power in when, when I go after me and when I do the things I want to do, but there's a ton of power when I follow after Jesus. Because I'm not, I'm not held down by guilt. I'm not held down by shame. I know I've honored God. And he's offering that same thing to all of us. And some of you probably have experienced that. You've seen that in your life. Now... This power, it's important to know where the power comes from. It comes from who? God. God. If you start making these really good choices and these choices that are right and these choices that are, you know, the way Jesus would want you to make decisions, at that point, you don't get all cocky and be like, yeah, dude, I'm pretty Christian. (laughs) I'm real holy and stuff. I made a bunch of good decisions and you didn't, so you're so stupid. I'm the bomb, and you're not. It's not like that. If you made all these good decisions that you wanted to honor God with, but then you get all cocky, does that honor God? No. Was that the point that God gave you the power to make those decisions? Was that the reason he gave it to you? So you could be like, yeah, what up, look at me. I hope not, and I hope you don't do that dance move thing I just did, because that's just embarrassing. Exactly. So the power comes from God. It doesn't come from you. And it's not about you. It's about God. He gives us this power, this ability to resist sin. He gives us this power to make the godly and right decision. Not so that we can boast and like be like, yeah, look at me. But to be like, no, look at God. Look at Jesus. He's the reason I can make these decisions. He's the reason I have this power. So if we're trying to live a weird life, which is in the context of what we're talking about, weird's good, right? Weird is living differently than the normal thing we see every day. It's different than lying. It's different than cheating. It's different than all these other things that we see every day. If we're living this life of love and grace that God's called us to, God will empower you to do that. How many of you have tried to do this before, right? You like come to Revolution, you come to a church camp, 
You go to FCA or something, and you just get fired up. You're like, yes, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to start doing this thing right. And then, about two weeks later, maybe a week and a half later, maybe three weeks later, somewhere in that range, you start being like, yeah, maybe I'll do something different now. Or you don't even think like that. You're just like, man, this is just getting hard. You start making the wrong decisions again. And you start falling into the same stuff again. And you start feeling depressed again. And you start getting down on yourself and guilty because of the decisions you're making. Because you're not living in God's power anymore. You're living in yours. How many of us have been there? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of us have had that happen? It happens all the time. Happens to me, happened to me growing up, going through church and going to camps and coming to church. There'd be moments where God would just rock my world and I would make this decision, but then I wouldn't really do what I said I was going to do. And eventually I went back on it. And then I wound up having to, like a year later at camp the next year, try to turn it all around again. And what I realized was it was because I kept trying to do it myself. I kept trying to just be a good guy. And being a good guy isn't enough. None of us can be a good guy or a good girl enough. We need God. We need His power, not our power. We need to trust Him. We need to continue to give stuff to Him and make good choices based on the fact that we want to live in His power and honor Him. So if you try to do that, and you try to really live in His power and not your own, He will give you the strength. He'll give you the power to do it. And you don't have to keep coming back to just normal. To just same old, same old. To sin, to guilt, to all that junk that keeps holding you down. So... My question to you tonight is this. Will you stop accepting normal in your life? Will you stop accepting just living in your own power? Will you stop accepting just this cycle of sin or the cycle of of guilt or, or whatever it is that's holding you down? And will you start living in God's power? Accepting this gift that He's given you. Now remember, God is the guy who created everything heaven, earth, plants, animals, oceans, lands, us. He created all of it. He is more powerful than we can comprehend. He is all-powerful. He's not just some dude. He's God. And he's offering you his power. So if God gives you his power and you have this really tough decision, but yet you rest in him and you trust in him and his power, are you going to make the right decision? Yes. If you're really trusting in him and allowing him to empower you, you will. If you start trusting in you, start believing in you and your power, odds are you're probably not. And this is a daily struggle. This is a daily question. This is not just tonight, like you make this choice tonight and it's good the rest of your life. This is like every day asking yourself this question. Am I going to live in God's power today or am I going to live in my power today? Am I going to try to honor Him 
I'm going to just do my own thing. So are you going to stop accepting normal and start living in God's amazing power?